Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Gospel reading according to St. John. And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, saying, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Who are you? The tone of voice with which this question is asked can make it anything from a curious greeting to a suspicious demand. Giving your name is often a good start to that question, but usually the person wants to know something more. They're asking, who are you? What are you about? What are you doing? What makes you who you are? What is your identity? That's how it was when the priests and Levites came to John the Baptist and asked, Who are you? Of course, they knew his name. Everybody by that point had heard of this John who was baptizing in the desert. But they didn't know what he was up to. They knew what he was doing, but not what he was about. Did not understand why he was doing what he was doing. And so they didn't really know who he was. And so they're asking, who are you? Tell us. What makes you who you are? Why is it that you do what you do? What business, in fact, do you have going around teaching and baptizing as you are? And when they asked this question, it appears that they had certain expectations in mind. They saw his preaching and his baptism of repentance, and they thought, likely, that John was claiming to be the Christ, the promised Messiah. And so, when they ask, who are you, and John's first answer is, I am not the Christ, well, they're rather confused. They didn't get the answer that they were expecting. So, they start trying out different things. What then? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? But John says no to both. So, finally, they ask again, and you can tell they're starting to get a little bit desperate. After all, they were sent by the Pharisees to get an answer. Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And then, then John does give them an answer. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And this certainly answers the question, who are you? What are you about? But notice that in a way, John's answer actually directs attention away from himself. When he answers the question, who are you, 
John gives an answer that is not from him, but from God's Word. And that answer is not just talking about who John is, but it is focused on the Word of God that he proclaims, make straight the way of the Lord. In other words, for John the Baptist, the most important thing to say about himself, the most important answer to the question, who are you? The thing that he wants others to know is that he is the one who prepares the way for Jesus. But the priests and the Levites, they don't get that at all. Their next question is just to kind of maybe move to what was supposed to be step two in their process. Well, if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, then why are you baptizing? John had just told them, I am that long-promised messenger of the Lord, the one who actually prepares the way for God to come among you. And all that they got out of it was, so you're just the messenger, what are you doing? Instead of asking about the coming of the Lord, the one whose way John was there to prepare, the Messiah that they'd been waiting for, they just tried to start taking John to task for an unauthorized baptism. And so John, what does he do? Well, what all good preachers do. He brings them back to Jesus again. I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. In other words, why am I baptizing? Well, because I am the one who prepares the way of the Lord. I'm baptizing to prepare people for the Lord come among them. I'm baptizing because of the one who comes after me. He, the Lord, is already present among you, even though you don't see it. He is the one that matters. He is the one that you should be looking for, seeking to know. The priests and the Levites asked, who are you? And John's answer is, who am I? What do I do? Well, everything that I am and everything that I do is all about Jesus. Here now at the end of Advent, as we prepare for the coming of the Lord, you too need to be asked this question, who are you? What do you say about yourself? And you should examine yourselves and your lives and consider whether or not your answer is a good one. In other words, whether or not your answer focuses on Jesus. Our culture, the world around us, preaches the message that who are you? Well, you can be whoever you want to be. And our entire economy is focused on giving you the services and technology necessary to achieve this goal. There's a lot of problems with that message, including the fact that you may not be able to be who you want to be, and what you want to be may not be good. But the deepest and greatest error of this message is that the world tells you to choose who you want to be. The world imagines that you exist on your own, according to your own will. It falsely teaches that you are the source of your own identity. And this, in fact, is idolatry. Only God exists in and of himself. He is the only one who is the source of his own identity. That is, after all, the name by which he revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. A name that is translated accurately both as, I am who I am, and I am the one who is. This name, an identity that God defines himself, that belongs to him and to him alone. To be a human person means that you are a created being. You do not exist on your own. 
You exist in relation to God. And specifically, to be a human person means that you have been created by God in the image of God. To be truly human, then, is to be in the image of God. It is to be like Jesus, who is himself the image of God. And that is why any good answer to the question, who are you, must account for your dependence on God, that your identity comes from him. Just as John the Baptist was defined in relation to Jesus, so it is with you. You are defined by Jesus and who he makes you to be, not only because he has brought you into being, because he has created you, but also because you are those whom he has bought with his own precious blood. You are those for whom Christ suffered and died. This is true both generally, as we confess according to the scriptures that Jesus is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world, and yet for you this is not just a general statement that Jesus died for all. You are also those for whom Christ suffered and died because you are those who are baptized. In that water you died with him, you were buried with him. The life that you now live is the life in Christ. It's no mere figure of speech to say that your life is now defined by Jesus. He is literally the life that you now have. And when your life is defined by Jesus, you will discover that your life then looks like his life, which means it looks like the cross. God making you who he wants you to be, God creating you in the image of his son, means you dying. It means you dying to the world, which tries to draw you away from God and to yourself. Insofar as you are shaped and defined by sin, it means you dying to yourself. Our activity in the church is deadly in this sense. The image of baptism that's given in the scriptures is that of the flood. Now, usually we kind of think of that in terms of the animals going up two by two into the ark and as a cute children's story but it's actually the story of the end of the world or the nearest thing to it that's ever happened. Baptism is a drowning flood that destroys the world, destroys almost everything that you might call you and recreate you as one of the people of God. And this blessed flood of baptism shapes every day of your life in Christ. You are baptized and are now dead to sin, and this death continues to take place day after day as you are daily called to deny who the world wants you to be, to deny the gratification of your sinful desires. And this is hard. It hurts. Bearing the cross, dying daily to sin, well, it feels like dying. But the good news is that in Christ, you are no longer dead in the deceit that you are who you want to be. You are alive in the truth that you are who God has made you to be in Christ and that is his beloved children. So when you are asked, who are you? What do you say about yourself? A good place to start is, well, I am baptized. I am dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am one of God's people. I am one of his own beloved sons and daughters. And this is not make-believe, not just some trick of words or technicalities. You are a Christian. You are one marked with the cross, one redeemed by Christ the crucified. You have died with him. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You have been raised with him so that his life is your life. 
Your life has its origin, its source, its beginning in Christ, and your life is sustained by Him. And He is the one who will bring this life that He has given you to eternal life. You are in Christ, and each day, through repentance and forgiveness, God is making you who He wants you to be, those who await Him with joy, those who pray, Come, Lord Jesus, those to whom Christ is coming, and those whom He greets as His own beloved, flesh of His flesh and blood of His blood. To Him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord, unto that life everlasting. Amen.